I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'll take you for a ride on the devil's ship. I'll take you for a ride where you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Bem Cardilli, or Benny from the block as you're known. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hans calls me Ben Chili Cardelli. Ben Chill. Ben Chili Cardelli. How you been, bro? Ah, really good. You've been kicking some ass this summer? I've been having uh, an obscure amount of, of opportunities, yeah. I hear good things. It's uh, well, I've seen good things. I know you, but I mean, I've heard good things from people that didn't know I knew you. Made me happy. Oh, thanks, buddy. It's a good feeling. You know? yeah. This Ben Cardelli kid's doing good. <laughs> He's doing something. You feel like you're getting the stage time that you would need to practice and everything? Yeah, now that everything's sure. changed and there's actual uh, mics all around. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where you got to create it for yourself. You know, like you always have to be. Uh, if ever you ha- hit like a lull or something, I keep telling like you know first timers and stuff. It's like well, go find a shitty bar that suffers and make a room. And even yeah. if it sucks, it's great. You know, even if it sucks, it's like that's it. You just shred it out. You know, it sucks, but you're gonna become better doing that shit. Yeah, for sure. Like I spent the first year and a half of comedy just hosting one of these hell rooms you know just like Which yelling one? at the fucking drunks well, well now we're at mckibben's upstairs but that's nice but that's nice yeah. but i started downstairs 10 30 at night just whoever's left at the bar after the pub quiz so it was like really funny because like we'd have this whole pub quiz audience and we'd have to walk them you know <laughs> so I'm trying they, to they were so happy <laughs> answering questions and yeah. they're like no believe yeah, for yeah. Real. <laughs> it was like we would, um, you know, go up there right after the pub quiz was done. And, and you could tell, like, the, the regulars got the, started getting the routine of, oh, these guys are starting now. Maybe we should go. I don't know. He's going to start yelling at my wife again. Like, you know, it's like, like we last had a week, nice yeah. time, but that's finished now. And then we'd, you know, get that rid of that audience. And then, you know, all these comics would just be hanging out. And then eventually, like, new audience would kind of filter in, you know. And they learned that this is where comedy happens. Yeah, and it was sometimes we had the, like these magical nights, but it was like we'd go till like three in the morning because like we'd have uh, music too because I'm you know I can host a music mic too because I know the soundboard and stuff. So, but you play music, no? I do play music. What so do you sometimes play? I'd have to play some songs myself. Like I'd sing and play guitar or whatever. So I'd you know do some covers when people were bored, you know. And we'd have some really great musicians from around Montreal actually show up. Usually like later on at night after their bar shifts, you know, they'd come in and um, hang. They'd hang, they'd play some songs. So it was cool because it started as like a music open mic and then toward later on at night it would turn into like, um, you know, like musicians would come in and people get into that vibe. And then, you know, as the audiences would switch out, you know, they like these new kids would come in and sit at the front tables and be like, we're into this, we're drunk enough, let's do it, you know. And then uh, it would like change the whole vibe. And then at the end of the night sometimes like the, the most magical thing about it is like at the end of the night um, – the musicians would be done. There'd still be some people drunk enough there just like lingering. And I'd go up and like do my first like 25 minute sets, you know, like I would go because you had the time yeah. the audience because like, you know, so I'd go up there and just start talking to people. And that was like where I actually got to practice like crowd work and stuff and, and, and have fun for like the first time. I was like just so new, but I was no just pressure. Like, it. There was no pressure. Everyone's wasted. Everyone's tired and they were into it. You know, it was fun. And it made you comfortable. 
Maybe very comfortable, yeah. How'd you get into comedy? Um, it's weird. I've always been like a fan, uh, like not like a super fan. Like I didn't know like a lot of these obscure names and stuff. You know, I was, you know, in high school, I was listening to Delirious and like, you know, okay. I liked, uh, remember Pablo Francisco? Well, that, I don't know why that rings a bell. He's like that guy who used to do the voices like this summer. Oh, you know, he yeah. He used to do like the uh, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> what happened there? I don't know. I was searching for him uh, lately. I don't know if he's still doing it, but I mean, like that was a big thing. It was around the Dane Cook era. You know, like everyone loved the uh, crazy voice guys, you know? And that was, wasn't that the beginning of YouTube clips where people would share a lot of shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like the first time my friends would be like, look at this guy. He's just talking, but it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, YouTube changed the game up in the beginning. Yeah. And it was nice. random clips, yeah. It was pretty good. Uh, and so there was a couple guys like that that, you know, I was like, oh, that's great. And then, like, later on, I was, like, listening to some, like, you know, like, uh, Mark Maron and stuff. And, like, oh, this guy's, you know, I like how angry it is at me. He's <laughs> like, mad at this is Wonderful. And, like, you know, the old, like, Louis Black and all these guys. Like, what happened to Louis Black? I haven't seen him in I a know, minute. It's another one. Like, these are guys that, like, these were my original idea of, like, stand-up. You know, oh, until like the okay. Louis C.K. Like my friends would be like, "No, this guy's gonna change your life, though. He's gonna tell you why you're a piece of shit." And I'm like, "Oh, great! Nice. <laughs> That's what I needed." I've been know? waiting for someone. My parents are beating me physically. I need some emotional abuse. Yeah, <laughs> I need someone. Uh, that's Louis' position. <laughs> okay, so Wait. it was cool. But I was a musician for like 20 years, right? Like, I didn't know this. I, I want to talk about this. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like playing in bands. Like this was like my dream as a kid. You know, I. Went into grade seven. The first thing I did was start a band and ignore everybody. And then what kind of band? Heavy metal. It was like pretty heavy. Yeah, like yeah. we used to listen to like the. You know, we were all like Limp Bizkit kids. I was like a little fat kid with like a fucking backwards calf. Just being sideways like, a little What's too. Up? You know, <laughs> like learning the guitar, but it barely fit on my stomach. You know, ma'am, I did it all for the nookie. <laughs> That's it. She's like, um, excuse me, use nookie in a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? You know. Uh, it was fun, man. It was it was crazy. It, you know, I was pursuing music for a long time. Played in a lot of bands, like a million bands. How come Just, you kept bouncing from band to band? Maybe you're the problem, Ben. I was the problem. I oh, really? That re, you know, it wasn't attitude wise or, or no, like, like, quality wise. I work like I immediately built like a, this is what I want to do. I have a big work ethic. We have to get this shit done. So like. Whenever like a band would hit a point where I feel like guys were just in it for the fun, I would just blow off the band and start a new one. Like I was just oh, trying to get everybody shit. on board with the, you know, and um, so that was like the the big dream. I was just like, I gotta fucking, you know, like I love this. I want to play to a million people. I learned four chords, and I'm like, I'm gonna be Green Day. Let's do it. You know. <laughs> okay, then, so you okay, okay. But so then I learned, you know, when I went into uh, Vanier for jazz guitar, you know, so I was doing, uh, you know, I was actually studying uh, music for a while. Um, Made you and, way better musician? But yeah. I mean, it, it helps. <laughs> you could say it helps. And, um, you know, I was, like, singing a lot, too, and, like, trying to like, write songs. Like, ever since I picked up guitar, I, I didn't even give a shit about learning it. I just wanted to write a song with it. So, like, I figured it out through writing songs, you know? And um, so I did this for, like, ugh, man, so long, and I eventually got to, like, have some really cool opportunities where I joined this band. I was like joining bands that were already kind of like more established in the scene and started like jamming with older guys. So I was like touring Canada and, you know, we had some music videos on Much Loud and stuff. Oh, like shit. A band called Red October. We had like a, a lot of fun. We like opened for Protest the Hero at uh, Warp Tour when they were here. It was like, it was crazy. It was a lot of fun. Um, but then, you know, like you get really serious into something and you go really far down a path and like your family's sitting around being like, okay, but like when is it going to really 
something happened, you know, and like you start getting that pressure. And then every time, you know, you've been calling yourself a musician for 20 years. And every time you're at a party, someone's like, you better be better than the fucking. And then like some kid picks up a guitar, doesn't even give a shit, but he's like really good too. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, (laughs) like him, (laughs) except he doesn't say that he's a musician. God, he's just doing it for the pussy and it works. Yeah. (laughs) Like what the fuck? So it was just nothing was sticking. I mean, yeah. And like, I was, I was also very scattered, like, you know, like you'd see, you see how the industry works and you see that like people, uh, you discover after a while that people really do crave authenticity. And I think when I had started out, I had like this kind of voice and this whole thing that was myself, but eventually you start getting desperate and you start chasing what works and you start like jumping from sound to sound. Cause like, Oh, people are into this now. I'm going to try to do it, but it's never authentic so it's never the right time because it's not you exactly and like or you could wait around for 30 years till it's the right time for you you know and it's like and and i also um i went on lavoie you know which was like a a jarring experience the voice in french yeah exactly and um i went on that it was a jarring experience because like just like the whole uh you know i was still trying to search for like okay without a guitar without anything i'm just a singer like what do i you know, Did you I pass looked, any of these rounds? Were you doing good there? Yeah, I, I got to the quarterfinals, you God know. Damn, okay. And that's where, like, the small town people take over the show. Because once it gets to the voting rounds, like, I was in a, a round of three, and, like, two of us were from Montreal. Nobody in Montreal watches this shit at all, oh, yeah. right? And then the other guy was from this tiny, small town. Every single person comes in out to town, vote yeah. for this guy twice, you know. Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. the percentages were embarrassing. You know? Oh fuck! Like, it's true. No one much Like I know the show. I know it exists. I've never watched an episode. Yeah, it's nuts. So that was kind of like, but also just the behind the scenes and how like they don't really, you know, they're really trying to market you for their viewership. They don't really, I don't, I don't shit on it, but they don't really care who you are. That's you all. Know? That's all TV. That's how it is. They yeah, don't care. It was, uh, it's like I never got that chance to, but, uh, and then I went right into working for a record label. And, um, so those are like the two like major shock depression, uh, points of like learning about the music industry. Cause like my job was literally like doing data entry and running around the internet, pinching pennies for artists. And I was just like, oh shit. Like the, after Spotify, like music is done. If you're not, you're not like making media, any money. If you're on the indie side, it's like, it's insane. Like you can get a million views and make $3,000 or something, you know, it's like, you know, they, they've taken it away. So even the, all the bands that are like all the old, like killing it in the nineties, living on the royalties, suddenly they have to come back and make new albums. Cause they're like, fuck, we're done. You know, <laughs> like so, we can't survive off what we're getting anymore. So, so what did you see when you were in the working for the record label? Is there, um, is there a road for young indie bands to make it now or are they all fucked? Well, it was weird because it was more of like an electronic label. So like it's kind of people that could really produce uh, quickly, you know, and put out these different um, and like the, the the only thing that you can do uh, to get like it's like you got to get on Spotify playlists and stuff and try to um, like you got to end up on How does that things. Help? But then that's the thing, because like, if you're listening to an, like I'm a person kind of person, I like to listen to an album. Yeah. You know, I like Same. to discover an artist or if I discover a song, you know, like I want more the from album. them. And yeah, I want to see that, where it fits in the album. Exactly. These are people that are very happy just updating the playlist and they're never really going to go out and search for like the artist sometimes, you know, that's, that's the way I feel. I don't know. Maybe I'm old. I don't know. But these kids, like, I don't see them really like, Oh, that song is like, unless it's like, I feel like the best chances if it's in like a TV show, 
yeah. or something. They'll you know? look it up because they have no choice. Up. Yeah. Like sometimes like the perfect song comes on as the credits hit and you have the cliffhanger right before and you got this feeling in you already. And then that song just like drives it home and I'm just like, I'll discover That's like, I've discovered three bands recently just from that kind of thing, you know, where it's like, oh, they already got you like amped up. And then they're just like, beep, 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 beep. And, <laughs> and then you're like, like oh, who are these guys? What are they doing? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy, man. So, like, um, I know for comedy, I know how crazy the comedy game is and what it's turned into. Mm-hmm. And I I think I entered comedy in the worst time possible because mm-hmm. I entered during that shift. So I entered when, like, in 2012, mm-hmm. when, around here at least, uh, in Canada, when the clubs were still kind of deciding, like, the only way we could make money is by doing that stuff. Yeah. But they were losing power. So even though they could book you for something... There wasn't any real money. Like you could do like a whole mm. Canada tour of like I think it was Yucks or something. And people were telling me about in the end they'll lose money. Yeah. So it was this weird like in between where yeah you could make it, but did you really make it if you can't pay your rent? Yeah. And it was that kind of scramble that pushed me towards the internet and podcasting and shit and said oh, I got I got to do things myself because uh, it was at a very very weird time. But now I noticed with music and with with comedy. Everyone pushes towards independent, like do things your right. way. Yeah. But I don't think the answer is Spotify because Spotify doesn't really give you that much money as an artist yeah. um, at all. Uh, Sirius still does, Sirius mm-hmm. XM, but it's hard to get on there. Yeah. So I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't know for young bands because you also got to split it four or five ways depending on how, like apart from getting that's your name out there and touring. It's a business that you have to have with four other people or three other people, whatever it is. It's like, it's tough because these are, a, they're like some of your best friends, like your shitheads together. You're growing up yeah. doing, you know, like sometimes you're, you know, each other like all too well, but like you also have like these differences. Or, like if it gets to a business situation, it'd be a difference to the way you'd approach these things. So you get into these, it's like a marriage, you know, you yeah. get into these fights, you get into these, like you said that you were going to, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. It's exactly that. And you're not, you're not thinking about the fact that the minute it gets slightly serious, you're, um, you know, you're going to butt heads. Like you don't, maybe you don't know each other that well, or maybe you don't agree on certain things or you have different understandings of how it works and it it really like gets between people and you know i had a lot of bands that broke up just because we couldn't figure it out i just didn't work like we were great friends and we made cool music together but then it was just like all right if we're going to take it to the next level we all have a different idea of where this is going so fuck it you know it was kind of uh it was rough but like yeah you're talking about the comedy community you know that's another thing is uh you know that's right like you went to the internet and did that like there is like like people talk a lot about how like there's not a lot of money to be made doing stand up and like if you you know I came from the music side and there it was like you'd get like you know 100 we'd be on tour and like you know we'd get like a 150 dollar guarantee and then we'd have to sell merch and then like it all goes into the gas tank to get to the next city and then like you know if we break even on a tour or whatever like it's That's fantastic successful. you know like one time we had this crazy story where we basically walked around the West Edmonton mall for like six hours and sold $1,200 CDs just with our iPods showing music to people. Wow. So we drove home from Edmonton. <laughs> it was like nuts. That's that like pretty the fucking biggest success. You so know? you were just being like, Hey, take a listen. Mm-hmm. And if you liked it, you're like, look, buy this fucking album from me. Yeah. And it was like, you know, we had a pretty good album. It was like poppy. It was fun. It was like at the time it was kind of the sound. And like, uh, there was a, a concert happening at the mall that night. So there's a lot of people that like that kind of music, uh, you know, just walking around the mall shopping before the show. And they were just like, Oh shit. And then like at one point we came out of the, uh, um, we came out of the mall. We were like, we had already sold a bunch. Right. And this one kid that had bought our album, there were all these people lined up for the show. 
And this one kid that bought our album was like, hey, man, can you sign our CD? And like, so we went up and like, all right, we signed the CD. And like everybody in the line just like, huh? <laughs> so and then like, now they, I think they thought we were on the show or something. So they're like, we'll take one. We'll take one. We just sold the rest of the line. Like, oh, <laughs> bro. We just were just sitting in the, in the van, just like our shitty little beat up you know, horrible little like no air conditioning crap van. Counting, counting money. Counting out cash we've never held before in our hands like this much. It was nuts. Fuck, that's, a, I, I like stories like that. But it's, it's the one-offs, they're lightning. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a. Because it. normally we'd go, like if we didn't have a show on a certain day, we'd go into a, a mall and try to sell CDs, but eventually the security guard would catch up to us and be like, hey, get the fuck out of here. We have our own merch, you know? But this was, um, this was, a, you know, like the West Edmonton Mall is a city. You know, yeah, it's I don't care how many massive. security guards you have. You don't like it can't be guy. everywhere. Yeah, and like people are, not, you know, you never know who you're gonna bump into. This one guy looked like a complete drug dealer, like tweaking out. Like I don't know what it was, but like went up to him just off chance, just as a joke. You know, my friend almost filmed it. You know, just like okay. go ask him if he wants to buy a CD. He listened. He's like, he's like, yeah, that's all right. All right, I'll give you what is it, eighty bucks. Like first, I was like, take five. <laughs> you know? He's like, yeah, I guess. I <laughs> He's like, didn't even give a shit. You just, you know. Well, like, this one eighty bucks. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you eighty bucks. You're yeah. like, no, no, you're not buying the band. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's crazy. But I think a transition into comedy was, um, was that like I, I kept having like, butting heads with bands and like kind of like where we wanted to take it, what we wanted to do. I had amazing experiences meeting people, but. You know, I had a lot of fun, like, talking to crowds between the songs, you know? Okay. To the point where I start eating up the set quite a bit. And, like, the guys are like, maybe do that shit on your own time. And I was like, yeah, maybe all I them, will. Were you joking with them? Did you fuck around at all? Yeah. I was like, I was having fun just, like, I, I felt like I, I, I was writing all these, like, super sad songs. And then, like, people would, like, clap and, you know, enjoy it. But then I'd see all these bummed out faces. and like, I don't know. I don't do this. I'd have to like kind of almost like be really silly between the songs just to like bring people back up and then bum them out again. I didn't really kill myself. <laughs> yeah, it was it. just a song. Still here. Still yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Like they're both, they're both cool experiences. I still have a little bit of a band going on the side that like we, we have some, like an album coming out soon. Oh, really? Cool. I didn't know. All Montrealers? Uh, yeah. I mean, guys I used to jam with and, you know, we've, we've been like best friends ever since. And like, those are like, you know, some of the ones that really stuck, you know? What's the goal? I mean, do you want me, to tour a bit or do you just want to release it digitally? I mean, I think we're still working on what that goal is, but, um, right now it's right now it's like, you know, I'd love to get back into like, like one step at a time. Like I'd love to get back into once the album's done playing some Montreal shows, you know, seeing what happens, uh, you know, seeing how that feels. I haven't done that, like played a music show in like five years or something. You What's know? the band called? The Cardillys Roosters or something? <laughs> Cardilly and the Canucks. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, the spinoff. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Cause it's, it's three guys from my old band that like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it makes sense. I, yeah, I like, uh, I like names that make sense. Yeah. I'm very uh, bound by logic. Okay. I like that, yeah. Good. The spin-off. Okay, and you it's see all... these Oshiaga bands sometimes. It's just like water drop in a pussy pond or whatever. And it's like, but it's no Oshiaga everything. Like, it could be a band. It could just be a guy on turntables. It could be all kinds of shit, right? Oshiaga, if I understand correctly? Yeah, it could be anything. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I've never been, but, like, every time someone's like, I saw the most amazing performance, it's like a guy just threw spears into the audience. I don't know. <laughs> like, was he like... singing? Well, he was making noise. It was making a lot of noise, but I was dancing. People were screaming. We were high, too. So <laughs> I don't... Exactly. He, he may have not been a singer. That may have been a security guard. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> he just wandered onto stage. Yeah, a lost break. mongoloid. It could have been him. I don't know. I have no idea. And then, w- when was your decision made to like let me try comedy? Like, um, it was like I had just I was working at the record label, and um, I was actually you know the first time I ever did an open mic. Uh, I, I always I was writing. You know, I was at that stage where you're like kind of still a pussy, and you're like I don't want to get on stage. Yeah, yeah. But like I have these stupid ideas, and I'm writing them in my phone. And then I was in California for my cousin's wedding, and. I was just like, ah, nobody know I know is here, you know. That's, that was my original thought. Nobody I know is, is here, so this is perfect. I'll find, like, a place that has an open mic. And I went online, and we were in San Jose, and there was this place, Rooster McFeathers. That's something. a great name. I know. And I was like, oh, this must be, like, a cheesy little place to fucking try something. Rooster you know? McFeathers. <laughs> and so I emailed them, and I was like, hey, I'm in town. Uh, I've never done comedy before. I would like to try the – so they have, like, a Wednesday open mic, which is, consider- you know – it's like, I guess, like the nest, like people wait a long time to get on this open mic. Okay. And I told them I could bring some people probably just because I'd like my whole family there. And then I realized what a bad idea that is to bring your entire family to the first time. You're gonna, you, know? you, you want them far away. <laughs> yeah. But I ended up bringing like 10 of them and they were like, holy shit, he brought 10 people. And so he, they gave me even more time. Because time however, that you weren't ready for. Yeah, there's like pros that go there, but they don't bring anybody, but they sign up months before. Just to and go they practice. get three minutes, and then I brought ten people, and they gave me six minutes, uh, and I signed up like that day before. So like, there was a couple. There was a bit of bitterness, I think, with the comics I met. They're like, "Who the fuck are you? Where are you from?" You <laughs> like twice my time. Yeah, that's like, I'm Eddie Murphy, and I, like, but I, it was amazing because somehow, I'd say 60 percent of it landed. Shit, I would never do again. You know, but at the time, at the time, I was like, "All right," like I talked about my cousins. Yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, that's wedding too, a little bit, yeah. you know, and I was just like, I was, and I was coming from music. I didn't know what to do with my hands. Like, I was just up there like, hey, guys. <laughs> I never think, people say that to me. They're like, how do you know what to do with your hands? I never think about it. I move my hands a lot because I'm Greek, yeah. but I've never thought about it. I think if I would start thinking about it, I'd fuck up all my hand movements. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people think about it. They go, what, what do I do with my hands? Do you think about it, Poseidon, now that you start open mics? No. Yeah, I don't think about it. I think yeah. if you think about it, you're going to fuck yourself. But yeah. I'm coming from holding a guitar also, you're, every yeah. time. I talk to an audience, you know. Even when you, but now do you hold, like, did you start holding the mic or did you leave it on, uh, like on the stand when uh, you first did stand up? No, I was like, I took it and. And you were just like, what did I do I with this one? Like, you know, like, just like, I almost hit my face with the mic three times just because I didn't, you know, like I was used to having it on the stand. It's but weird. Yeah. I wasn't comfortable enough to not be moving. Like, I always felt like, you know, from music, stage presence adds to the show so i had to like do all this shit but then stand up it's not really necessarily like that yeah, I mean, it depends it what you're be, doing it yeah. depends what you're saying so it's like there's a lot to learn there's a huge adjustment period i think um but still like 20 years of experience talking to crowds like it wasn't that hard you weren't scared into it you know i think that's the i the was barrier. scared but that's the thing that's what i wanted because after music 20 years i wasn't afraid anymore of music i was just kind of bored and it like, and then I wanted to be afraid again. You weren't stage, scared to not do know? well. I know I was. I was scared to not do well, uh, especially with my family there. You know? No, no. I mean in music at oh, towards music, the end. Yeah, I mean like there was a different kind of stress. It's like if ever one night I you know wasn't wasn't feeling like I was in control of my voice or something, I would get really stressed out and have a shitty time on stage. But that's the thing about music is like even if you don't feel like you're doing it. People generally don't notice that shit, and they're just like tapping their toe, and they're like, "Great time, we'll come out again next time," you know. But with comedy, it's like you invite friends, especially off the bat. You start having your friends show up because you post things, and then they, 
And then if you don't do well, it's like, you know it, they know it. And they come up to you after they're like, yeah, I'll see ya. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no like great job anyway. It's yeah, like, like, well, you know, it's like that. Don't sucks. quit your day job. Yeah. yeah I remember it. moments like that. It's rough. I, I, it took me a while to learn to not invite people mm-hmm. like that. I knew until I get better. And then yeah. I spent years where after people were confused, like, oh, you still do comedy? Because yeah. I had taken the time to just work on myself. So I was doing all these mics. I was doing whatever I could. But I wasn't telling my immediate friends and family. Yeah. I didn't need them there. I needed strangers that didn't know me so I can see if my shit works. You always do. It's yeah. like, it's nuts. Like, you know, there's a, there's this, I, I still kind of, like, I appreciate when people I know come to the shows. But I still kind of hate it. Because it's like, especially after you've done it for a while. Because you're still going to have those rough nights sometimes. Yeah. And if, like, the first time they see you in three years after seeing a thousand posts from you being, like, killing this, doing this, you know. All they this get shit, a bad set. And then they get a bad set. They get a bad crowd. They don't understand that it's the crowd, even though everybody ate shit. And, like, you're just like, well, with all the stuff you showed me, I thought you'd get them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> like, that happened to me last week, actually. I had a fucking terrible set. Yeah. And I know the fans had come out. And I was in a city I hadn't been to uh I've been there once before, but I hadn't done that. And it wasn't a bar set up for this kind of stuff. So yeah. They were all excited. It was a show, but it didn't work. Like the sound wasn't working well. People were talking while you're on stage. Yeah. It was basically all everything was set up for us to have a tough time. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, fuck. I know people bought tickets excited because like he's in my town. Like French. It was yeah. in French. And I'm like, I just, I just bombed. Like my bombing. It wasn't like... Yeah, it wasn't like... No one booed me off stage. It was just like, meh. Because especially since I tell stories, if people are talking... Yeah. You know, the pauses? Bro, their pauses are ruined. Yeah. Because when I take a pause for effect, and then someone's like, man, no, no, no. It just... Yeah, yeah, it was was rough, bro. But it happens. Sometimes you get unlucky and you get those sets. Uh, Hopefully, that's not the only sets you catch of us. But if you do, that's just (laughs) terrible luck. That's bad luck, yeah. It's like every little thing can go into throwing off an ambience for a comedy show. You know, yeah. you can have bad lighting, you can have the ghost lighting ceilings and a super boomy sounding. It's not unintelligible. Like, you know, uh, back of the room can't really pick it out as much. They lose focus. Uh, you know, bad servers talking to the people allowed to loud. And I've seen people go to unbelievable lengths. Like there's some clubs now where they have like the lights on the tables and it's like you want a thing, it lights up, they come, you have to write out the card, you don't say a fucking word to them, you just put it on the thing, they take it, they break your drink, it's all in silence. There's a French mostly. club that does that here in uh, Terrebonne. Oh yeah? Yeah, people were telling me about it over the weekend. They go, you got to try it out. There's a little light you push, they come, you write it down so the server doesn't talk to you. Uh, they really take it seriously. I don't know if the Nest changed the way they do things, I doubt it. But that would be a smart Nest move, too, because yeah, the Nest has the space. They should. They should. They definitely should. Uh, Laugh Lounge out in Ottawa does that. Oh, that's interesting. I saw it for the first time, and I was like, wow, that's Laugh brilliant. Lounge? I didn't know there was another Ottawa club. Yeah, there's a new Ottawa club. Uh, this guy, Nick Burden, runs it. He's, uh, he's a really funny guy. He, uh, I went out there for a, for a roast battle. Okay. I won this bracket in a roast battle, and now I get to go back and, like, I'm going to host a weekend there nice. soon, and I got to go fight this other guy in another roast battle coming up soon, so. Oh, that's, like, Ottawa guys? Yeah, so it's, like, fun. It's, like, fun roasting people you don't even know, you know? They send you, like, a little bio, and, you're like, they try to set traps, you know, just being, like, it's, like, I know that's already one of your jokes. I'm not going to, like, do the same shit as you. I'm going to go talk to your friends and find out how to really get you in the spine, you know? <laughs> oh, well, I didn't it's know like, there's, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, if ever you want to do it, he's always looking for, uh. Yeah, I'm gonna because I was looking to get back to Ottawa. I was gonna like do a bar and just run my hour there, sell tickets. Uh, but I might. That's s- a great place. You should check it yeah, out. Yeah. Okay. I'll. Uh, it's, uh, it's really cool. I'm sure you'd. Uh, 
Yeah, we'll talk after the show. Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking with him, I go, I want to do English and French. I want to do like a Gatineau French and then Ottawa English t- type mm. of thing. Uh, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's cool because it's also like comic run, you know? Like I like that. It's good. Oh, you found it? Laugh Lounge? Nobody can see, by the way. It's really, uh, it's got this cool like kind of Mad Men vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like... Like this is a place I'm comfortable beating my wife in. <laughs> it's uh, like we're back in the fort. Anywhere there's no cameras. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sick. How's the sound? It sounds good. The sound is pretty good. Um, it's like they've thought of pretty much everything. Like it is a nice space, and uh, everyone I know who's gone to do sets there said, "Like man, you're just destroying." Like, it's oh, just it's fun. fun. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah I'll uh, I'll get his info for off you. And they have like a pub next door, so they order food in from the pub, so you get like some good wings and stuff. It's cool. Oh fuck! Okay, yeah, I'm gonna talk to you. This would be, I think, this should be the spot if I go back to Ottawa. It's like underground too, so you're just going like down. A, it's cool. Yeah, you should definitely. Uh, I like the out. underground feel for comedy clubs. Yeah, it should feel a little bit like a. It should feel like you're doing something illegal. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> Even true. the third floor has kind of that because it's yeah. tight and it's like fancy because you could look out and you get a nice si- skyline. You know, yeah. it's like it's got this like upper class kind of like feel you like you're up there you're a little dirty it's like you know there's it's yeah, like, yeah when it's packed there's a good feeling yeah i think there's a hooker at the bar <laughs> yeah, like he's got that like authentic like what are we doing in here kind of vibe. how'd you end up in a place like this <laughs> that's it it's the only mic around it's all bugsy malone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's all it's all like old detectives noir film people yeah you've been playing a lot at the uh, third floor uh yeah i mean like uh, me and josh get along really well and uh you know we try to throw each other spots and, and help out. You know, like we have the, uh, I run the McKibbins around the, around the corner, which is we do Mondays and Tuesdays. And, you know, he does right now, um, I think Fridays and Sundays, and he's still working on the rest of the roster. Yeah. And uh, so it's nice, you know, like I like having camaraderie with the other producers in the city and like try to help each other out as much as possible. And, you know, it's like you, you put something into the community, you know, Immediately, that's the first thing I learned is like, okay, I want to produce a show because you immediately get shit back. Yeah, you, know? you always, yeah. It's it's an easy way to not only create your own stage time, but like get way more stage time outside of it because everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, we're all like, you know, we're all really in this, you know? Oh, it's kind of, we have no choice. Yeah, that's it. It's like, you know how it works. Like you're you're more respectful at the shows because you understand like, you know, don't don't overstep. Like, you're like, you know what it is. You're on the other side of it all the time. So yeah. Like, yeah. People, don't go over. Don't yell. If you're in the back, all that like, little, you learn how to respect, you know, how to, how to be nothing, no carbon footprint at the show. And yeah. This summer you had a good festival. Uh, what did you do? Discovery series is called. Yeah. So it was, um, I, I did one outdoor gig, which is a lot of fun. They added the mix bus. They did like, we did a podcast with Renzo. Oh, was that cool? Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Did a podcast and then just walked out, side and like did a show for like a hundred I, I didn't know if anybody was going to be there because we were doing the podcast it was being broadcasted and people weren't really like sitting around because they didn't i think understand what was going on why is he talking yeah it's like why is this bus yelling at us and uh <laughs> and then i walk outside and like a hundred something people gathered to for a show so it was like me and jc Sarette and uh joanna selvaraja and uh coco bellivo hosted it and we just did a show outside on the right in front of the bus and it was like it was great it was fun we all got to do like 20 minute sets it was nice oh shit and then the next day, uh, I was hosting the uh, Discovery Series, which is, um, it's like Zoo Fest's up-and-coming English comic showcase. Oh, that's what it is, okay. And, uh, and they asked me to host it, which is which is a lot of fun. It was really cool. It, was on uh, that? It was, uh, oof, like 11 people, 12 people. I mean, did you know, did you know all also. of them? 
Pretty much everybody. I mean, I had just met Coco Belliveau the day before, but uh, she. I was thought she's a French. Uh, but she did an English uh, set. There's a couple of, uh, I think you know, Renzel's new in English now too. Also, okay. so he was on that as well. Uh, J.C. Surratt was there. Um, Trevor Thompson, who just moved from Ottawa, he's great. Oh, cool. Um, we had uh, Michelle Forrester. I I, I know uh, who Michelle is. Yeah. Yeah, she's been killing it. Michelle uh, Furtado as well, killing on TikTok. You know, you know. Well, I know the, Michelle Furtado. She's the one who does like. Uh, the Quebec accents and the dance videos and stuff. She's like, uh, oh, I gotta check. Her. I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I, if I see her, I'll know if I've seen her. Yeah, I, I think she she collaborates with other like big TikTok uh, people. Maybe I've seen her as yeah. well. And um, who else was on that? Uh, Lawrence Korber was there. Um, you know Lawrence, of course. Uh, Joanna Silveraja was there as well. Uh, Raji was there. I met them both. Uh, yeah. They're gonna come on the podcast soon. I met them both uh, during one of the parties. Yeah, yeah, they're like that's this fun thing about like the whole, uh, you know, like you're you're going to a hotel, you're having like these parties, but like really what it is, it's like you're all like oh, you know, like my fr- oh Akeem, Akeem Hoy uh, Charles uh, was like closed out the show, the Discovery series. Akeem, he's in Vancouver. He's in Vancouver, but he came back to uh, to do JFL, and he's the one who's like we're really good friends since we started comedy. We were, you know, hitting up mics together all over, like even in shitty places in the West Island, just like going to anything we could find, you know get some stage time and he um he came back and he's like he's like such a motivated guy you know he's like we're gonna make shit happen you know sorry i got a, had a yogurt mm-hmm. uh he's like we're gonna, we're gonna make shit happen he's like you know he'd call me at like 10 o'clock i'm like i was staying at my parents because my wife kicked me out because she's pregnant and uh we were gonna and she's like you're gonna catch COVID at JFL oh, okay. out every night. Oh, okay, so okay. I stayed with my parents because they just had COVID. She's like, go kill your parents. And so... Do me a favor. <laughs> Forgot. Yeah. So she kicked me out. So I stayed there for the week, which is like not too far West Island, but easy all highway. Yeah. And uh, so, but Akeem would call me like 10 o'clock every day. Just like, yo, you're going to be at the hotel. We're going to go to these conferences. We're going to meet these people. We're going to do all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm fucking exhausted. Oh, he's I'm motivated. Networking. Night, you know, I'm just like, ah, and I'll be there at like five, you know, like, you know, and, uh, but he's like, yeah, so we go to the parties and, and like, I did that two nights in a row. We went to these parties where like you show up at 11 and you snap your fingers. It's two 30 in the morning. Yeah. Really that happens a lot. You're, you're just talking to your friends as like famous people are walking around. You're just really just talking to your friends and be like, it's Bill Burr. Oh, it's Mark, Mark Marin. Oh, like, you know, like you're just like during that week or two weeks, like this year it was two weeks. Uh, everyone around me knows like, you're not going to see me. I got mm. some, I, between the shows and then just hanging out. The time flies. Like sometimes yeah. I wouldn't know. It'll be like 11. I'll be like, oh, I'll stay for a drink. Yeah. And then three, four o'clock comes by and I'm fucking in the car. I go, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Just the time it's flies. Crazy. Cause also there's a lot of people that I only see during the festivals. It, or sometimes if I'm in another city, but because of the lockdowns and, uh, you know, the everything that happened in the last couple of years, there's people that I haven't seen in a while. Yeah. So when you see them, you're like, how the fuck have you been and where you've been? Yeah. And then the conversation just derails. Yeah. And you don't see the time fly. No, that's it. It's like, and, and it's nice. It's nice. Like, it's, you know, cathartic to catch up with people that, you know, see how, how other careers have been going or, you know, just like. You learn a lot. That moment and. And see what other scenes are like, you know, like seeing people from other towns and talking to like maybe slightly bigger comics. I like talking to like the slightly bigger comics, you know. You can learn a lot. 
Exactly. Because yeah. like that's the next, they know the next, they remember the next step you're supposed to take and they're doing it right now. And it's like, that's where you learn a lot. When you go to these like mega giants, it's really just going to be like, a, oh, I appreciate it. You know, there's, there's no, not much you can learn directly because it's almost like, so did you get a helicopter yet? Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm not a, the helicopter. I, I got to get <laughs> booked. It. I got to get know? the pad first. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah installed yeah. on my, you know, the roof of my apartment. You know, <laughs> like, but the biggest thing I've noticed with everyone that has any type of new success now is independence. Yeah. It's, when they waited around to get noticed or to get signed, nothing was popping off. Mm-hmm. And then the second they started doing shit on their own is when it, it paid off. Yeah. Uh, internet videos, uh, their own tour. Uh, and by own tour, people think when I say tour, they're like, oh, well, how am I going to book an arena? No one's telling you to go to a fucking arena. Yeah. A tour can be you book a different bar in, in different cities. Mm-hmm. Like That's what a tour is. Well, that's the thing. It's like like going back, going back to how you said you had to get on the internet to like actually make some some shit happen. Yeah. And it's like, that's what another thing comics have to realize. It's like, you have basically one of four avenues to make this into a career. And people are like, oh, I should just be able to tell a couple of jokes and get paid a lot of money because there's people in the, like, it's like, no, it's no. like, that's what, this is exactly what separates the boys from the men is like, you have to take one of these avenues to turn it into a business. You're yeah. either going to go on the internet and use everything, uh, you know, that as is your available billboard to you, exactly, to, to get your name out there, to make, you know, yourself a draw to, to be able to do all this stuff or, you know, you, that's it. Like coming from the band life, this is something I'm no stranger to. And I saw like, there's Eric Johnson. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a comic, uh, I think from Toronto. I think he's been based in a couple different places. I think he might be out of Chicago now. Oh, he's Canadian. He's Canadian. I I know who you're talking about. Trying to remember what he's, but he, he, we had a show from him at McKibbins and like he just goes across the country with his own merch, his own everything, and he like his own banners and he, he just did what we used to do like, uh, with a band, you know, he just books tours with different promoters in different cities. Like, forget like yucks and all this, you know, forget all that that shit. You don't need it. You can make so much more money, you know, like, no, no, you will make more. You can sell, you can have less people in the room than you Mm. would, let's say, at a yuck show, but you're going to come home with more money because you get to keep all the money. Yeah. Because you're not going to get a door deal at yucks, right? You're going to get a, or any other comedy club. It looks like I'm singling them out, but in general. Yeah. uh, Whereas if you can get asses out. Yeah. You could uh, get a smaller venue. I've made more money in smaller venues myself, just booking and fans come out than I've done uh, with the clubs. That's it. And it's like inspiring because like, you know, you you see them pushing on the, uh, uh, you know, all the marketing like is like on point, you know, marketing's crazy. The, um, you know, like the merch, like just having like stickers and things that you can just get, get a couple more bucks, a couple more bucks. You never know. Like I saw him sell a guy donated a hundred bucks and took five stickers, you know, it's like, that's like double your money, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. like, it happens. It's like going back to the West Edmonton mall. Like it's not all about performing, you know, like sometimes it's just people like you. Yeah, you know? exactly. And you want to give them the opportunity to give that money directly to you. I'm you telling know? you, dude, that Patreon like there's an avenue now for mm-hmm. it. So you, people just want to support what you're creating. Like the stuff that I have on Patreon, let's like all the podcasts go on there first. It's all Patreon is all people that, like what it's like netflix let's say yeah but for pantelis yeah so they like all the shit that i do the shit that we produce around here so they support directly exactly they're like well i'm yeah. gonna spend the uh, like what is it five six bucks a month depending on what mm-hmm. tier you're like, i'm gonna spend more than that in a day on nonsense yeah i'd rather give it a month to an artist i like and i do the same thing i have like shit that i support like artists that i like yeah. just because it's like i rather they stay healthy they keep creating shit that i like right. instead of being stuck with whatever the fuck the cbc is showing me right i don't exactly. look at schultz Andrew Schultz made a fucking career living now off his Patreon, all that, yeah. and his own special, buying it back so that he could sell it himself. He made way more money selling it himself. 
Uh, and he's happy. He doesn't have to answer to anyone. Yeah, exactly. He has his own fan base. He could book, tour wherever he wants. He books the spot and goes and does it. Uh, and there's, it's not just him. There's so many people that do shit like that. It takes guts to yeah. break out of the system. But I'm telling you right now, the system is broken. The system doesn't work. Yeah. You could tour uh, across Canada doing the yucks. How much money do you think you're going to make? Given the fact heard, that you're driving I heard, I heard yourself, I a really dismal figure at one me point. Me too. I don't know if it's the same thing. I, I don't want to air it, but I'm just like I had heard. I got a little discouraged. By yeah, that. I heard, and I remember it was early on. I was like, "What the fuck? Like I, that's not the life figure, I, I was yeah. like, Oof, All right, I was like, that's know. not the life I want to live. Like my whole thing was the other option is like you know anything you can do to be making sure all the work you do that day, you know, instead of you know going to a job and working at a call center or whatever. It's like, get out of that shit, right? Like stop Anything doing that's that. killing your soul. Anything that's killing your soul because yeah. it really does take away from your energy and creativity. And you could be doing something and making just as much money uh, as that, like per day, that is actually going toward like, it's all the common goal of, of getting yourself out there. You know, like there's, like from my, on my side, I, I, you know, I used to produce shows band shows and I like knew my way around producing shows, getting venues, working with venues, you know, doing sound, doing lighting, doing every, like the whole system. You know, yeah. that's why I put on basically the show at McKibben's, you know, me and Sid put that on. Because you like, had experience. Putting yeah. It. And he sends me out to places to put on shows too, because I bring like half my own gear and like set it up and tone the room and figure it out because like I, I get that it's an ambience thing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that's like my avenue of like making some money is producing a lot of shows. You know, like that's another way of you're making money off your energy, yeah. but you could have been making money off your energy at a call center, let's say yeah. maybe roughly equivalent the same money. But there I'm setting it up and then I'm hosting the show and then I'm yeah. getting some stage happy, time yeah. and then I'm having a good time and then I'm, you know, excited and doing it. And it's like it feels every moment of it, even dragging tables across the floor to make sure that it's all, you know, everything's evened out and whatever. Every moment feels good. You know, I think that's why there's such a, you know, that there's a shortage of available workers right now and yeah. every field. I think a lot of people during the last two years figured out they're like, I don't need, like, I, I never had, I never chased like millions. I never, ch I, I, it was never in me to chase that. I just yeah. wanted to be happy. But I know that I have friends who that's what they were chasing. And then they realized like a couple of years ago, they're like, well, this is useless. I don't need, like, yeah. I, I just have to, if I'm happy, I'd rather be happy with less money in my pocket then have money in my pocket that I can't spend because I'm busy and someone's on top of my fucking head yeah. yelling. Like, let me just figure my shit out. Happiness first, health-wise. Uh, and I figured out a while ago that I wanted to go down that route. Yeah. And that's why I think there's a lot of people who are just not going back to their regular jobs. It also They'll gave them an opportunity, right? Because they had these jobs that they came out of school, had pressure to start these jobs, and they were like, okay, I'm set up now, and then they started those lives, and then leave. all the stuff. It's really hard to leave. You get the, the golden handcuffs or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like you have the, the expenses and all this shit. And then, for some people, those jobs weren't even that good. You know, it's just like, you're just like, oh, but it's a title I can tell my friends, and it's whatever. And then, you know, the pandemic comes, their company closes, uh, they're out of a job, Serb comes, they realize, oh, I can coast on this for a year while I set myself up doing something else, and they realize, well, what if I try that thing I never you know like but that i always like, wanted to yeah so it's yeah. like it's kind of a i mean you know covid like obviously it's horrible it's fucking annoying we're tired of it there's you know there was people dying at the beginning and like i don't know i guess still something i don't know i don't know what i believe i don't know what anymore <laughs> dude I, I was the most panicky person in the beginning yeah and then as it went on i was like i don't know if i'm i think i'm not the right person that should be worrying yeah and i was like the people that should worry we didn't take care of yeah and then the rest of us it doesn't make who sense. shouldn't be worried 
I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? This is so stupid. We're d- dealing with this in the dumbest way possible. Exactly. We just made all, like, there was no way we were ready for navigating this. Did you end up getting it? The dumbest. Uh, yeah, I got it. Um, I had this insanely horrible cold in December. No, in November. And I tested like twice. And it was not COVID, but it was the worst cold of my life because I hadn't been sick in like two years because I was hand sanitizing, you know, like yeah, crazy. Yeah. And so like my body was like, oh, what's this shit? You know, like what do we do? It was horrible. And then I got COVID a couple months later and it was nothing. Like I know I'm probably lucky, but it was like no, no, a lot I of took people- some oregano oil and like a couple Everyone pills. I know around me got it. Yeah. Nothing. I'm the only Everybody. one that hasn't gotten it. You haven't. Yeah, which is why I think it might kill me. Because <laughs> on Saturday, we went to the, uh, we, we saw a play in, in Ottawa. We took a break because we had a show at night. We went to the National Arts Center. We saw Notre Dame de Paris. Mm. It, but it was just the dude. It was me, Mike, Poseidon, and Preach. And Mike's like, because I'm looking around, there was all full of people, people masked, not masked, like yeah. everyone's hanging out. And the whole crew, everyone's had it except for me. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to catch something today. And then Mike's like, I don't know. He goes, because all you do is you're out, you're at shows, you're shaking hands, you haven't yeah. caught it yet. He goes, like, it's not like you've been safe. Like, you've been yeah. oh, you've been around hundreds or thousands of people every night almost for, for months. You yeah. don't care. So he goes, uh, I think either you caught it and didn't know, which was my theory, or he goes, you might be one of those people that yeah. it, it just doesn't stick. He goes, because it's, even him, he's thinking, say, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm not super unlucky or anything like that. My luck varies, but I'm not lucky enough to have dodged it for two yeah. years, given You're the amount of exposure yeah. I, I have with people. So I think either I caught it and I didn't know, or I'm one of those people where it's like, oh, it doesn't do it probably had like a minor effect and then it built up enough antibodies or Something, because it's impossible that it catches everyone around me. Because I'm panicking. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, when I do get it, it's going to kill me. But now it's, people are like, you probably got it. There was a girl I read about, uh, I forget when it was, but like she would, she was also like, went to the doctor at one point and she was like, I've... I've been like exposed to like 30 people that had COVID <laughs> and I've never catch like what the hell's going on. So they started doing tests on her to see. And they like literally took a vial of COVID and stuck it in her nose. Like she's what like, a yeah. dumb bitch. <laughs> she just went to the hospital to get it. She's like, uh, can I can get COVID now, please? You know? Uh, no, but she, she fucking when they stuck it in her nose and she didn't catch like they, they, you know, I say I have a question. Now. They waterboarded with fucking COVID. You know, they COVID bukkake, nothing. But like. this is my question about the COVID bukkake. <laughs> is so that means that we know that I don't know what it is. I can't say what it is. I'm not a scientist, but right. there's either a uh, I don't know, a blood type I think or something. Type. I read there's a blood type. So why don't they make it public to be like, guys, if you have blood whatever, you're the ones that aren't catching it. Why don't they let us know? Clearly they know. There's enough I think data. They can catch it, but they just have no symptoms. Let us know who it yeah. is. Let us know. Who, why don't they tell us? That's the kind of shit. But I know why they don't. I, it's a stupid. I already know the answer. Because then you're going to have a giant group of people who are going to be like, I don't want to take anything. I don't want to take your shots. I don't want to take it. And I yeah, have. I don't give science, a fuck. Yeah. And then that's when the fight's going to start. They're going to be like, well, we say you should. It's like, okay, so now you're proving that this is not science. Yeah. Now you're proving that you don't give a shit about science because you said I can't even catch it. Yeah. And you want me to get this. That's why they're not doing it. But I know there's a common denominator. Yeah. It's and it's something as simple as that. It's gonna be. It's gonna end up being something like the blood type, or because it's impossible, dude. I, I I'm around everyone. Yeah. It's it's. I'm sure it's hit me, and it's just like uh, not for us. Or you're just like the kids that you know grew up sharing joints since you were eleven. Oh, <laughs> just like just my immune fucked. system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. There's AIDS in there. There's a, <laughs> yeah. There's there's so much <laughs> fucked up stuff in there. Uh, that, when I was losing weight, it's funny. I saw a guy here who uh, he's the guy who that rents like the place to me. Yeah. He he hadn't seen me in months. And I've lost like 100 pounds in a year. So he's looking at me, he's like, oh, you've lost a lot of weight. And he's like, what are you doing? And I just, he's not used to my humor. And I, it was in the elevator. And I just go quiet. I go, 
AIDS. <laughs> and then, dude, his face of like that, and like, no, bro, I'm fucking with you. I stopped eating sugar. I stopped. <laughs> but it's just like his face of switching, like, oh my god. Like, oh, that's why he was asking me the other day, what did you do to lose the weight? For me or you? For you. Yeah, he thought I had AIDS, but I just, I, I thought it was funny. But then he freaked out. I go, bro, I just don't eat sugar. But he, because he was asking me, he was like, yo, like, but uh, Petelli lost a lot of weight, you know? Yeah. What did he do? I go, oh, he cut out bread and sugar. No, no, but are you sure? Like, it was actually. <laughs> <laughs> I thought cut I out bread and sugar and picked up dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get monkeypox. I ended up with AIDS. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah, really so funny. Now there's monkeypox on the rise. Is that real? No. I feel like that's just like, I mean, it like exists. what do we do with the rest of these vaccines? I'll just relabel them. Monkey yeah, puck. now you're going to die of fucking whatever. You know, like, that's crazy. Are I think serious? they're just trying to make fun of gay people because it. Because I saw the craziest press conference in the state where they're like, the guy's like, look, uh, we're not saying that it's like we it's gay or anything like that, but statistically, the only people that are getting here are men who have sex with other men. Yeah. <laughs> the, we're not calling them gay. Yeah, yeah, and the guy's asking, he goes, so it's like it's in the gay community. We're not saying it's gay, <laughs> but like ninety eight percent of the people we have in here are men that had sex with other men, and they're like, "But that's kind of what you're saying." So priests, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you have the one guy who's got like fucking on his face, and he's like, "I'm married. I don't know where I got it." Senators, is yeah, 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 only senators are getting it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just so. What I think it is is, um, it's probably you need close contact yeah. to like the infection, mm-hmm. and obviously with sex, you're gonna get it yeah. like that. And uh, so that's what's happening. The only thing I understand is like, um, why more in the gay community? They haven't explained that. Uh, I don't know why it's, ha- but it is statistically they're saying that it's gay guys are gay, but it has nothing to do with being gay. It probably has something to do with the way they. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I think it might be just like the you know. I think it's the up close. I think it's the proximity because it's not like infectious. Like, um, but uh, just you know. Well, it's just. I think it's the butt stuff. It might, maybe. You know, oh, it's just there's more injury based. That's what. Yeah, you're right. Stuff, you you're know? right. It's, it's usually it's, there's not as many. You know, it's it, a little tougher. It's you know? probably <laughs> cuts. It's probably that. Yeah, yeah it's probably cuts. Same thing with AIDS. You're not gonna like people. You should get worried. They're like, yeah, he's gonna give me HIV or whatever. Bro, unless yeah. you're fucking sharing a needle. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Hugging not, a dude is fucking. Uh, yeah. I'm doing. Well, maybe because in the gate they're just tearing each other's assholes because it says like <laughs> fluids and shit. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, right, yeah, I mean, men and women too. Right now, yeah, yeah. everybody's fucking taking it in the ass. Yeah, I was like, about to say, know? yeah, it can't just be the anal. We're eating ass now. Someone had, I don't know if it was you, but someone had a good bit on stage that I saw about that. Oh, yeah, like no, the evolution of stuff. It was here in Montreal and it was just, it made me laugh a lot because like, it might be Shapiro. Maybe it might be Josh who, yeah, who talks yeah, about probably. it. He's what the fuck's going on? He goes like, "We went from this is taboo to just yeah. eating people's ass with spoons." Yeah. Uh, oh shit! Hold on. Direct contact with uh, rash, scabs, or body fluids that's from a probably. person with monkeypox. Touching objects, fabrics, clothing, bedding, or towels and surfaces that have been used by someone with monkeypox. Okay, look, I don't. I tell you why I don't believe uh, that. Gay people use more towels. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you why I don't believe that, bro. Because like, be, that would be everywhere. Yeah. That's this is what they yeah. said in the beginning with COVID too, and it wasn't true. Remember the beginning? Yeah. Remember the list? Yeah, it was like if you ever farted on the bus, you're dead. Yeah, like, yeah, it fuck? was crazy. Everything is so dumb. Like uh, oral, anal, and vaginal sex, or touching the genitals uh, or anus of a person with monkeypox, hugging, massage, and kissing, prolonged face-to-face contact. I like uh, how they have to transcribe like uh, you know the genitals. We're talking about penis, testicle, later or anus, butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's so funny. It's like yeah, they have to. Uh, For you uh, idiot Gen Zs, it's a butthole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> general. Yeah, yeah, but that's so amazing. Oh fuck! It's like when we said generals, we don't mean eyeballs. 
<laughs> like, come on, dudes. Oh, that's, and this is the CDC. <laughs> this is so stupid. Yeah, they were trying. I felt like they were making, like, the guys that were announcing were just trying to make fun of gay people. Because uh, I was like, it's impossible. It can't just be, it's an infection. Yeah. It can't be a gay thing or a straight thing. It's who's ever going to be exposed to that is going to yeah. fucking get it. Like, yeah, they have to, like, list every base, too. They're like, hugging, massage, kissing, prolonged face to face contact, talking about your feelings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Close talking. Yeah. Long conversations with your dad. This is how you get monkeypox. Uh, if the virus can be spread when someone has no symptoms, what is that? If can it? Scientists. Oh, they're still researching. Yeah. How often monkey? A pregnant. I hate. I hate this fucking. What they wrote right here. A pregnant person. Yeah. Can spread the virus uh, to, to their, their fetus. fetus through. Also, women can give it to their baby. Yeah. Oh, that's no, not. No, no, no. We can't say women. Anymore, I just did. Bro. Pregnant person. I just did. Yeah, that's a woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, yeah. but it's just the, the word. Anyways. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, women can. Uh, oh, that's scary. <laughs> I think that's the scariest thing is you. you Fast you, forward like three years. It's like pregnant guys can't spread yeah. the virus. <laughs> the can't, pregnant guys can't get pregnant. I feel like they're uh, just talking about AIDS in this. No, the way. I think they just copy pasted. Yeah, but it sounds like AIDS. Yeah, because that's what. The, no, it doesn't have the same effects as AIDS. You could cure this. Um, oh, can you cure this? What is yeah. it? They have a vaccine too. They're trying to push yeah. the fucking. Oh my god! The monkeypox vaccine. And how is like effective? Is that like is that like this shit where you got to take it every fucking two days and? What does it say there? It's a virus. Uh, no, no, a vaccine though. They're saying antiviral drugs may be effective in treating. It, from what I heard, it does. Is there a treatment? Click on it. I heard that they have a vaccine for it. Ugh. It's kind of like, what is it? Is that shingles? Yeah, it's like, I mean, it looks like chicken pox. I wonder how we, go, did we really fuck a monkey? Is that how they started? No. I why, hope so. Why, why are they calling it monkey pox? I though? thought it came from monkeys. I thought we fucked monkeys. Dude, humans are weird. Human, uh, yeah. human can fuck a monkey. But isn't that like, uh, What's up? It doesn't say. It just called. They're calling it the monkeypox virus. Oh, it, it, the virus was first identified in captive monkeys and huh. is found mainly in tropical rainforest regions of Central and West Africa. Yeah, it, it started from monkeys. So either we yeah, took yeah. it from them, like they they affect us, or someone decided to bang one. Yeah. How how charismatic was that monkey? That was a, it was a, it was the, the gorilla with Japan. lipstick. And <laughs> I was like, God, dancing. <laughs> he's, he's just dancing, and they're like. Don't tempt me, monkey. Yeah. <laughs> when people were confined uh, over the pandemic, uh, that's what happened. That's people started looking around. You know what I mean? She's dressed <laughs> like a monkey whore. <laughs> you should see what she was wearing. Oh, oh, oh. how did the first human get mon- monkey box? Uh, a sick rodent imported from Ghana. What? I don't think that's true. I don't know. But they fucked a rat. Yeah, who's fucking rats, bro? That's yeah. more fucked up. Yeah, you know what people have to do? Stop banging animals. Yeah, that's. I think that's happened. That should have stopped a very long time ago, and it still happens. Yeah, goats are not safe. I think there's certain animals we should probably stop eating too. I agree. You know, like I don't want to get too far into it, but it's like when you're eating. You know, people eat horses, snakes, and shit. It's like you know. Like remember, you know, the, the, why do we Adam need these snakes? The snake came out of the tree and offered them like a fucked up apple, and some people are just like. Hold my beer. Fuck the apple. I eat the snake. <laughs> like, snakes the also snakes as pets. <laughs> yeah, snakes as pets is weird to me. And I know I'm gonna get messages about this because I've already talked about it. And I, I remember a girl that I knew who, when she told me, I was like, "This is we're not friends anymore." 
Yeah. yeah she had a snake hey, her I had a lizard. I had a, uh, I don't mind I had lizards. a gecko. I don't mind lizards, but snakes, adorable. bro, snakes are fucking scary as shit. Yeah. Slithering around. Something that, yeah, wants to kill you. There's someone has an amazing, amazing joke about this. I think it might be Joe Zimmerman. Yeah, you got to check out this joke by Joe Zimmerman. About having about snakes? Having snakes. It's too weird like, for me. Just like the one that's like, yeah, I'll take the one that wants me dead. <laughs> like, it's just it's, like, you know, just like unreal. There's dogs that love you unconditionally. Yeah. There's cats that, you know, whatever, they hang out. They they remember they allow you to be in their presence. Yeah. And then you can go get a fucking snake. Yeah. Remember the girl I dated in high school that uh, we called her Crocodile Fingers? She had a crocodile? No, her 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 parent, her moms had a snake. She had two moms? Yeah. Oh, shit, and they had a snake? Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a coven of witches, that yeah. household. I like it. <laughs> I like that house. Her, no, sorry, hold on. Not her mom. Sorry, because her mom was with the judo guy. I think it was one, like one of her aunts or some shit. So she didn't have multiple moms? No, no, she didn't. Oh, sorry, okay. I made a mistake. It's no longer sounding like a coven. Yeah. I'm getting upset. <laughs> I was very happy. for something with the pet. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like three women in a household. We still need a serpent somewhere. Three women, a crocodile, finger, daughter, candles, a, a, a fucking uh, sandcastle, and a snake. Because I remember walking into the the birthday party and because this girl was like his whole thing with her was fucked up yeah just yeah, weirdos my first instinct was like I gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> I gotta I gotta leave I remember the first time I was at a girl's house like loose or was it like no, no, it was it was in a fucking cage but yeah, still bro it's like smacking his head against it. no but it's just who owns a snake yeah the, the first time I was at a girl's house I had a snake I remember it was uh, in the basement in the like aquarium thing like where you put turtles normally. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like, oh, I didn't tell you. Have and it's, you know, it's just slithering and standing up a little bit. And I was like, yeah, this is this. What's wrong with you, lady? This place is cursed. This is, yeah, this is absurd. <laughs> this is absurd. This place is yeah. fucking haunted. And it's like, you got to feed it like mice, sometimes living, sometimes frozen. Either way, every day you start the, you know, you, you drink your orange juice, you brush your teeth, and then you make a sacrifice. To the god of serpents. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can't. That's why you're doing well on your tests. Like, I don't know what the, you know, it's like, it's just so voodoo. There's a correlation here. Yeah. yeah it's very voodoo. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. Snakes are not for me. I love, uh, I love dogs now. Ever since I got my dog, I think they're the best thing ever. Yeah. They're so fucking loyal and fun and they're it's happy unreal. and it's unreal. And I feel like, they should inherit the earth. They deserve the earth. They're th- yeah. we're, we're not good. They're good. Yeah, they're inherently like perfect animals. Like I get, you know, I got a dog over the pandemic also, but I, uh, for the, forever I was like allergic to dogs, you know. Uh, since I was a kid, we used to have a dog and then we had to give it to my grandparents because I was getting asthma, you know. Oh, but I was fuck. also a little fat kid and like whatever. Like I It may have been the Twinkies. Asthma. It might have been the Twinkies yeah. that I was inhaling at a <laughs> rapid speed. Um, but... You know, like we gave it up and then I forever I was like, oh, I'm allergic to animals. I'm allergic to dogs. Definitely cats. Like I'm very allergic to cats. But dogs. But they have different hair. Much, like you know? my dog uh, has uh, like human hair. Like yeah. she doesn't shed. Yeah. So that's it. Like we, I have a, it's supposed to be a hypoallergenic dog. Oh, that's what it's called. I'm allergic to the dander and the saliva, like whatever. Oh, fuck. But like my wife was like, you know, we were confined inside. She was working from home. She was getting really bummed out. And like, you know, especially when things would open up, she was still home. I was going out to shows and shit. And she was just like. I'm like, lonely. It's the double D ultimatum. She was like, dog or divorce? Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, that's not an ultimatum. They'll get you three dogs. <laughs> no, no, she didn't actually say that. But or it would have been funny she, if you're like. I knew that I had to like bite the bullet. I was like, fuck it. I'll figure it out. Touche. Get the dogs. So. I'm not giving you half my shit, yeah. though. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taking the dog. <laughs> you got the dog anyway. I have, The decisions were made. I'm on team dog. So we uh, so we got this dog and, uh, you know, we bought it in Sorel. But honestly, it's just like. 
like being locked in and all the shit like it really saved our life like and even just now like going out to shows till three in the morning i come home like fucking exhausted and then the dog runs up to yeah. you from the bed and just like so jumps happy. off comes to see you know why yeah exhausted, it's the best. But comes up to you like it's the thanks best for coming home it's the dude it Same. changed my life it's the best feeling they, yeah. they make me so happy because they're so happy they're so pure there's no uh fuckery in them yeah no like uh i mean mine's kind of he doesn't get along with other dogs. He's like a little Shih Tzu, and like every time another dog passes on the street, he's like, "Get the fuck away from my people!" That's <laughs> so good. He's like, protective. Ah, ah. He's like freaked out. I don't know if he just comes from a quieter town or something, but he gets like really scared, really fast. So yeah, mine was a victim of abuse, so she's uh, she had a lot of problems. Like, yeah, take care. She was scared of everything. Still a little nervous, but way more confident, way more happy now. Mm-hmm. Took years of, of like work with her, but she's uh, That's she's rewarding. the shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, at first, well, nobody wanted her. They were going to euthanize her. Yeah. Yeah. And to see how much of an amazing dog she is now, that would have been such a waste. Yeah. She's yeah, like the perfect the dog. But like the system just doesn't have people that are going to do this automatically. It's like if people don't, you know, do what you did and take a chance and, and put some work in and, you know, save this dog's life, then they're just like, what are they going to do? You know, there's a lot of shit like that, that happens around town. We just don't know about it. Like um, DJ Yossi runs a... Uh, uh, non-profit it's called the uh, rad rescue all dogs mm-hmm. and all they're doing is taking in money uh giving it to these places that bring dogs in from lebanon from trying to save them here say uh, try to do fundraisers make more and the money keeps going down to not just zero but like minus yeah. so you see every like two weeks like okay uh guys we have to stop uh, importing right now because we owe 15 g's and then people donate and it goes back to zero okay start the imports again no, no, no. like it's yeah. always up down always because amazing it's a great uh, it, it's huge it's a good venture a good initiative there's a few initiatives that i support here in montreal there's that there's shidoris the women's shelter downtown oh, yeah. like there's there's a few there's some stuff like i believe in like grassroots stuff i believe that whatever we could do at the local level to help people is the best because the higher it gets the government you're never going to see that money it's never really going to help like That's we could see yeah. with the system the education system and healthcare. um so if you have good organizations in your city or your town yeah for sure take care of them take care of them because there's no better you're never going to get treated better and you're never going to get better work than local people doing stuff directly. Because yeah. if it's at a distance, you don't know what's going on. And it's people that are passionate about it because it's like they they had enough passion to start this thing and, and see it through and it's their baby. Whereas like people that work at some of the government, uh, you know, funded places, like they just went to the government to get a job. Yeah, you know? <laughs> They like, don't have any connection yeah, to it. Like this is just my government job that I, you know, it's not the same thing as the people that like want this to survive, you know. And, and we could honestly, like, uh, between us, like, people, if people take care of these types of organizations, mm. we could keep them. Like, good stuff yeah. could come of it. It's just a lot of times, it's not even people don't want to, people are not even aware. Yeah, it's but, true. Like, how do you, and are you going to spend, like, you want to spend the most money on getting uh, dogs in? Like, do you want to spend, how much do you want to put into marketing? Marketing, exactly. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, like it should be out there, but, like, the, the, the news should be covering it more. There should be more, you know, like, there should be sections where they go out and explain. You know, I, I'm sure there is, but like it's never on the it's front. It's never page, on. Dude, know? the women's shelter is a block away from the comedy nest, and I had no idea. I was working the comedy nest for 10 years, and I had no idea. I found out like Mike had said something one day, and I was like, where is that? And I was like, it's like that's why that joke didn't work. Yeah. I was like, you mean those broads that were crying, and I was making fun of them? They were battered women. Uh, but yeah, it was just so crazy when I found out where it was. I was like, fuck, I, 
there was no shouldn't this be advertised everywhere yeah and then people explained to me they're like it's why would it be advertised everywhere dickhead like nobody gives a sh- like nobody uh media doesn't care about that stuff yeah they're not gonna but also it's like a women's shelter like you know you also you don't, don't want the guys to know where it is like the oh, guys that, that they're too. hiding from you know, yeah i don't that think that's not. the final place i think they may have moved now but they have it's like a block away i don't know if it's still a block away from the nest um, but that's where it was last time. It was like two blocks away from the nest, and uh, yeah. you could find the address online. I'm not revealing yeah, any secrets. Yeah. Um, you go there for help and shit. If uh, and they have like fences, cages, like for the doors. You can't walk. Like even when we're bringing supplies, we like twice. I think we just brought stuff like bras or whatever anybody would need, and they don't let you all the way in. They're like, what do you want? And you drop them off, and then they take them. Yeah. Not, just in case you're some dude that's going there to break your wife or something. Yeah, that's what people do. People are fucking crazy. Yeah, they'll go and and hunt the woman that they were beating up. In front of people to go try to beat them up. They're fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like people in your own, you need witness protection in your own city. And it's like, and these are things that are not even sometimes, uh, you know, it's just people admitting that they have a problem at home and going in. It's not even like the police recognize this domestic dispute and they're under protection. It's like, no, it's like these are the only people that are going to try to, you know, like... Imagine being the guy that has to stand at the door at this place. Yeah, deal with the bouncer at a fucking women's shelter. And the guy's like... Like that all must right. be the scariest job ever. It's all lunatics that like, do this. Like, sir, you gotta go home. Nah, the kind of low lives that are doing this to their to yeah. their wives. And I'm not like, going home until she apologizes for breakfast. Yeah, it's like what it was fuck? cold. It's like, dude, there's no. You have to know how ridiculous you sound right now. Yeah, it's scary. Or yeah. the funnest job, depending on who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah. Poseidon like, yeah. would be having so much fun. He's like, oh, I'm gonna use that on mine. That's a good line. Yeah. No, no, not like that. <laughs> At the same time, you <laughs> how do you how do you get these bitches to respect you? <laughs> and then the women working there, like, I don't think it's the right job for you. Yeah. Quiet, honey. Talking to a man. Yeah. <laughs> the men are talking, and she's like, God damn it, we need better HR. How did he slip to the cracks? Crazy. You can't. You would never be able to work at a place like there now, just because of how you look with the hair. You look like a lunatic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the roots are growing back out. Yeah. So he looks like a he looks like a mad scientist. Today it looks yeah. good though. The hair calmed down a little bit. Yeah, you look like a mad scientist because <laughs> it, it was very coarse yesterday, so it was very like all over the fucking place. Yeah. You you look like a very Dragon Ball-y yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But today, today it settled down a little bit. Settled down. A settled little down, bit. down, bro. <laughs> But yeah, always, like uh, he's just super saying. That's all he's saying. <laughs> he's just saying. Just saying. Um, the, I always believed in uh, like the grassroots stuff. Same thing with comedy. Same thing with music. If you could support the people that you like locally around artists, whatever, yeah. they they can grow and everything becomes better. Uh, we have a problem here in Montreal. I see it a lot in comedy. And from what I know from the musicians, they told me they do the same thing. It's very difficult to get support from Montrealers. For some reason, yeah. we have this weird hater culture here. Where as soon as you start trying to endeavor in the arts here, you get a lot of local kind of hate and dismissiveness. But if you make it somewhere else, yeah, then they're, they're like, yeah, right you know, he's ours. I always support him. That yeah, that. it's always yeah. It's where other cities they'll bring up their their people there, like it's our product. Then they create their scene. Yeah, and us, it's the Especially opposite. Small towns, like in music, it was like there was like kids who were we talked to these bands and they're like, yeah, so we turned like nineteen and. Uh, you know, we went to our parents, we were like going to go into college or we were going to like buy a van and get on the road and we were like pretty good guitarists, I guess. And I went to my parents and I was like, Hey, I think I want to be in a band. And they're like, okay, that's your business now. And like, now you have to like, get it. and they're like, their parents were being like, okay, do that shit. Like it will fund you for the first album. And then you do like, like this was a viable option in that small town. Cause they don't have big colleges or whatever. And then these kids are like the local hometown heroes. Everyone goes to the show, packs the place every time they go on tour. Everybody like, like that kind of support. We never had that in much. No, like, in here Montreal, it's like, shut up, stupid every five months and you can hope to fill the room halfway even if you're doing well you know it's like weird people have to get out and comedy is different and this is why 
it was such a natural like okay this is what i like like you don't first of all there's no like three hour load in time you're like oh yeah you just show up before you're set walking off after like (laughs) it's just amazing and then also um like the pandemic i think like what i was going to say before is like it really helped it actually helped like it, it, it helped. It, helped it also filtered out a lot of shit. Did you notice that? Yeah. There's some of those psychos that used to be around the mics mm. that I didn't. I haven't seen yet. They haven't come back. They didn't survive it. Yeah. They couldn't. I mean, oh, I don't like, mean. I don't mean they're not dead. Uh, <laughs> I mean they couldn't keep doing these mics. It wasn't yeah. viable, so they were forced to just yeah. live whatever life they were supposed to live. And also, it's like <laughs> they died. <laughs> they died. It filtered out a lot of assholes. There's still some that I, you know you wish that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, but, but they're ra- <laughs> monkey pox. But up. you know what? Th- those ones are <laughs> rare. Clean up crew. If you calculate it, you'll notice they're rare. Yeah, they're, it's not like it used to be. Yeah, it's rare to find them now. It used to because there used to be some fuck on the scene. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck's Real going Marcos. on? But actually, some of the people that like you know you saw like hammering away for years and nothing was like actually started getting better too. Like I don't know, just like a couple more universal experiences that we can have in our lives and like they're coming up with more relatable material and shit. So it's like, it's pretty cool. And, um, but the pandemic really helped because everything shut down. And so there was that starvation to go out after, but not only was the starvation bell center, wasn't an option. Music wasn't an option. Dancing, none of this shit. All you get was, was illegal a guy for a while. on the mic on stage and people seated two meters apart. And so every bar came out of the woodwork being like, get us a comedy show. Yeah. And every person said, let's go to that comedy show. And then even though shit's back, it became a just part of the routine. Back in the zeitgeist, like it's back in the in the options for dates for this for that. You get a lot of dates coming in. A lot of like students, like let's go get roasted. You know, our parents did beat us. Let's let Ben beat us. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's kind of like it's amazing uh, that it's like it's just fully back. Like it's just like we have no problem bringing people out now. Uh, it's dude, always I, different people. Some repeat customers. Like you know, that's that's amazing. That's the the thing. It's like you don't need like. It's like you almost don't need a fan base. It's almost better because then you're just. But that like, is your fan base. Yeah. What you've built and what you're building is the fan base. You don't need someone to give it to you anymore. It used to be like, mm. I don't know, we'll allow you. The gatekeepers will allow you. Do I make a career or not? It's not up to them anymore. That's it. Now it's up to how much you, it's you. It's quality of your work, obviously, and how much work you're willing to put in. Yeah. You're willing to put in more work, you'll reap more rewards. And we get shit tons of out of towners, man. Like it's like which is the know, best. Sometimes on Monday, Tuesday night, I'm asking like, hey, who's yours from Montreal? Five people. There's sixty people there are you from you're like oh, i could use all my material there's no way they've heard any of this it's, yeah. it's nuts you know you can do my whole 40 minutes yeah it's amazing <laughs> like, this is so it's crazy you know and uh and i think that's great for the city because i think there was a while where there was a lot of shitty random um and they were great for us like we're cutting our teeth it's fine but like you know when people come to montreal and they're like this is the home of just for laughs like yeah. it should be killer comedy shows they walk into something like i'm sure it's gonna be a great show and it's not and like now it's like there's a more often than not chance that they're actually going to hit something pretty cool. You know, yeah. and so like we see these out of towners like at a or they have yesterday. to deal with Ammer, that <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> My uh, biggest rival. <laughs> Is he? No, I love Ammer. Who do we have against uh, Ammer? That's no, no, like amazing. Uh, that's why I bust his balls. Ammer's good. No, th- th- I'm very happy actually with the scene. I like the amount of good people that are on. There, there's people that make me happy. Like there, there's a lot yeah. of good, just nice people doing it. Yeah. It changed. There used to be a lot of toxic people. And yeah. then that's what I'm saying. The COVID part just filtered them out. And the ones that stuck around that were really dedicated, 95, 98% of them are like nice fucking people just working hard. Because you have to find a way justify uh, to justify calling yourself a comic when the world shut down. Yeah. You know? 
and you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. So like you either have to take it super seriously or do something and or redefine yourself. Yeah. I'm like, accountant now. Like when the first pandemic hit, I recorded an entire album of stupid songs. Just in case. Did you ever release it? I didn't yeah, know you released that shit. It's out. I have this album on all the Spotify's you know, Spotify's and all that, all that shit. shit. It's uh it's called The Great Indoors. Is it fun? It's fun. It's Does like, it live uh, up to like right now or like, is it very pandemic? It's very pandemic. Like it's uh, that's the thing. It's like by the time I, I put it out and I put music videos on YouTube and shit too. And it's like uh, we, I just made all these music videos in my apartment uh, with my wife and she was like trying to work. And I was like, no, you got to be in this shot. She's like, fuck off. <laughs> great indoors. Ben Cardilly. But uh, there's like different genres of every uh, every song is like a different genre. Cause I just wanted to like, it was like also my just like going back into the recording studio and just fucking around with different, uh, different things. But it's like, it's more about like the, the music videos, like make it put everything into context a bit better. You know, yeah, it's on Spotify. Look at that. The great indoors. Yeah. It's pretty, it's fun. It's fun. I like this. Look, Ben, let me tell you something. Uh, where do you want people to follow you? Where are you most active? I'm putting all your links in the description, but where are you most active? Um, I guess on Instagram, I mean, like I have seems like to a be the place to Tinder, be Tinder, Instagram, Instagram's where I post all the Tinder. shows, you know, I have like a link to not Tinder, sorry, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Edit that out for my <laughs> wife. <laughs> you can find me on Tinder. Look, <laughs> on Tinder, I'm on Twitter. If you want the real Look, fun, you take me out to coffee. I'll tell you all my yeah. links. <laughs> Look, if you want to have some fun, grinder, grinder, where you're going to find us. Look, I am big on social media. <laughs> to say I am. That was the best. Really into <laughs> connections. <laughs> uh, MySpace. What is it like? One o'clock right now. This is like. Uh, yeah, this, know, is, this, this is my six a.m. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, it's like, early. I am a early. night hawk. <laughs> I had a podcast before this. Really? Yeah, we had a morning podcast in French. Holy shit! Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, it's a factory in here. I can't speak French before three p.m. Like, there's no like my brain is just not there yet. Oh, now it's in there now because I'm doing so much comedy. Yeah, it's it's like I have a thick accent, but it's it's in there. That's good. I'm ready I to go. Get to that level, man. I Dude, can you speak level. French? Yeah, I can speak French. Way better scene. Get into the French. Yeah, I know. Like everyone's like, I just don't know if my I worry about uh, my humor translating. What are you talking about? Look at me. I think I do a lot of like wordplay kind of shit too. Try like, it. What do you have to lose? Yeah, I guess I don't have anything to lose. Anymore. Yeah, they just funny's funny to them. That's all they give a shit about. Yeah. And the fact that you're trying to comfort, they appreciate the effort. They're nice. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I'm, one day I'm going to, like, hammer down. Like, I live in Rosemont right now, but I'm moving back to NDG, so I'll lose all my French again. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was 10 years in Rosemont learning, and I go back to NDG, and I'm going to go they back refuse. to Letterkenny. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they refuse. Like, hey, but, <laughs> you know. Hey, NDGs. you're going to, yeah, it's true, like, Monk and, and those areas? Yeah, like, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know. All right, well, the people that Bill 96 are... Yeah. Attacking <laughs> or attacking Ben Cardilli. This has been great. This has been fun. It was about time that you joined the podcast. I'm very happy to have had you here, and uh, hopefully, you're gonna agree to come back. Yeah, I'd love to come back. This is a lot of fun, man. Thanks for thanks for having me, Ben Cardilli. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.